listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Welcome to Unscripted, a special podcast series from ShoreScripts in collaboration with the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Unscripted with ShoreScripts is a six-episode series discussing challenges facing patients and care providers and how technology is creating opportunities for change. This series will offer a variety of voices in specialty medications, different pharmacy conversations, and showcase how ShoreScripts is driving best-in-class solutions designed specifically to deliver operational efficiencies and, most important, the best patient care. ShoreScripts aims to keep the patient at the center of all that we do, working to ensure faster, more informed, more accurate, more reliable transfer of information among care management teams. This episode of Unscripted Podcast is powered by ShoreScripts. And now here's our host, the founder of the Pharmacy Podcast Network, Todd Yuri. Pharmacy Podcast Nation, welcome back to the RX Influencer Pharmacy Podcast. This is a treat for us. We've worked with ShoreScripts for years now, and they've always supplied us with some amazing information in interviews with innovative people who are actually using the technologies and what that means for patient care. So today is no different. We're really excited to bring um, to the Pharmacy Podcast, uh, Dr. Larry King, who is the Clinical Informatics Manager of Critical Performance Improvements, known as CPI. Um, He's part of the team at SureScripts. He really oversees that quality relationship with key electronic health records and health systems throughout the nation. Can't wait to dig into um, Larry's viewpoints on um, different facets of our technology. Welcome to the show, Larry. Thank you. We're excited to be here today and looking forward to our conversation. We're also excited to have the CMIO, the Chief Medical Information Officer, Dr. Danny Lee. He's with John Hopkins Community Physicians. Um, Welcome to the show, uh, Dr. Lee. Thank you. It's great to be here. All right. Before we get started and really kind of talking and digging into um, this episode of the Unscripted with SureScripts podcast series, I really want to understand um, the reason um, that both of you went into healthcare and serving um, your uh, populations and the people in your communities. I'm going to start with Larry. Larry, why did you want to become a pharmacist in, in the beginning, right from right from the get-go? You know, it's a really good question. And I've been asked this a whole lot of times. And I, I think I had really good people around me that pushed me in that direction, saw the ability to be empathetic to patients, saw the ability to be good in a math chemistry type world. And, you know, that journey has continued and really fun from experience in retail pharmacy to making a big transition to more of a healthcare technology space. But, you know, I think at the end of the day, that core ability to really see patients' lives get better and see healthcare in America continue to progress has been my journey so far. Danny, you and Larry share something, and that is you started out in the world of medicine. Uh, You became a physician, and you went through all that schooling and all of that investment, and now you became a chief medical information officer. Very interesting career um, pathway, because to me, I'm a nerd. I I love technology, so that would be my path if I were a PharmD, um, if I were a, um, a medical doctor. So 
Why did you get into healthcare? And, and then how did you shift to the world of medical information? Yeah, I mean, it started a while back. I, I, I have a, an undergraduate degree in engineering and uh, had uh, done some internships doing that. But uh, I shifted to medicine because I really just liked helping people and applying that science knowledge into directly contributing and, and helping people uh, was really a big influence that, that drove me into medical school. Uh, I think part of my background uh, with the engineering and, and, and the computer science side of things kind of led me into the IT side of things. I just kind of gravitated towards that naturally. And people looked to me for answers and trying to solve technology problems. And it just kept growing from there. And then eventually I just kind of evolved into this position. So it's been, it's been a lot of fun. It's great. We we see so many um, new uh, realms, new positions being created because of the use of technology, artificial intelligence, pharmacogenomics, uh, point of care testing, where physicians and pharmacists are teaming up, and it's driven by data. and And there's such a a need to have that care background, and then applying that um, hands on care background to technology. Um, I think makes technology more effective. And when you start working with organizations like SureScripts, I think it just accelerates that. Um, and I, you know, workflow for me in in my beginnings of uh, in the pharmacy was all around institutional pharmacy. It was all around taking care of our seniors. Um, I, I was part of a team that launched the very first SQL-based open database uh, software system uh, known as Framework LTC. And it taught me a lot about um, processes. It taught me about repeating things that were important, but it also taught me about customizations as well as the complexity. I wish that prescription workflow were just as simple as that sign, sealed, delivered method, but there are so many issues that can come up in requiring that interventions of uh, physician pharmacist uh, teams and, and the prescriber's approval and moving forward. So we have standards like cancel RX in place um, that, that really help the clinician, help patient safety. Um, this episode is really going to dive into how patients and clinicians alike are benefiting from the use of this electronic uh, standardization, the measures there that are going to address that prescription change management. And that could happen on the fly. I mean, we could spend hours talking about the world of uh, specialty pharmacy and how even our SIG quality issues and, and, and making prescriptions safer. Um, can't wait to, to dig into this uh, subject. So I'm going to really just start out um, with Larry. What exactly is Cancel RX? What's that standard and, and the RX transfer system? Yeah, thank you. So Cancel RX is a really unique offering that has been needed in the pharmacy and in the provider ecosystem for a very long time. And essentially what it is, as you think about being behind the bench as a pharmacist and how often you either had a patient that came to the counter and said, no, I'm no longer taking that medication, or you had a, a nurse or a doctor who would call your pharmacy and say, what strength of a statin are they still on? Which medication? And what CancelRx really is, is the electronic ability for that communication between the doctor and the pharmacist to say, this patient is no longer on a medication. And I really think of two very distinct use cases, and we'll get more into the detail here where this is vital. And the first is that change in therapy. So you're, you're in the doctor's office and your, your cholesterol's gotten worse and you need a higher dose. And that's kind of that maintenance change. Um, the second is really around patient safety. And this is where I get very excited. When you think about 
I made a mistake when prescribing, clicked on the wrong strength, was having a conversation, but once a day versus twice a day. And that cancel RX allows the provider to, in real time, say, no, I don't want that medic, that new, new prescription. I want to change it to something different. And they can send that cancel and then immediately follow it up with a new RX. And just really, really profound impact on, on that clean new RX provider intent, making sure the mistakes are on the network. The second message you mentioned was, was RX transfer. And this was relatively new and, and gaining a lot of momentum. And this is one for me is really exciting. I probably spent half my life in the retail pharmacy on hold with another pharmacy, either trying to give or get a prescription. Um, anyone who's worked retail can probably have a good laugh about how long they spent on hold. But really what this is, is that ability to send a prescription to a different pharmacy. Think about a medication being out of stock. You want to make sure the patient can go down the road or think of maybe they're, they're a snowboard and go to a different state and you want to transfer it down there for them. And that this one really, again, keeps you an electronic workflow and allows that transfer to happen seamlessly. So the hands-on in the trenches is where it makes the most sense to me. And that is pharmacists and physicians out there that are driving um, better practice, better usage of technology. And I think of um, the, the e-prescription, the, the, I mean, that was a big deal when I was in, um, in, in long-term care uh, pharmacy, um, Danny, and I'm thinking, you know, you're the one that has that prescribing start. You're kicking off the ball. You are the quarterback. And, and I want to just, just hear from your point of view. Can you describe that scenarios, which, uh, cancel RX and, and the transfer come into play and why that's so important? Oh, sure. I, I, I mean, I'll start off by saying that, um, you know, in, in in Johns Hopkins, we we look at our our care, our care models, and we've we've tr we've transitioned from individual providers into care teams, which do include clinical pharmacists as well, and as part of our care team. But one of the bridges that we have a tough time crossing are the retail pharmacists because we're in an office. The pharmacist could be across the street, across the town, and across the state, and patients are coming in all the time after we start new therapeutics. And there can be a variety of reasons to change the prescriptions. Their medical conditions can change. Their kidney or liver functions can change. There's a variety of things that can happen to the patient. Maybe they had an acute stay at the hospital and we've got to reduce doses. These are things that not necessarily that the pharmacist, you know, across the town would actually know that information. And so these cancellation, these cancel RX messages are so important because there is a whole host of reasons we do not want a patient to take that medication anymore. And maybe we've substituted out something else, or maybe they're just holding it now because they're not in a condition to really take that medication any longer, or at least need to wait six months or a year before they can restart that medication. And taking the medication prematurely could endanger the safety of the patient. And so having that message out there is, is so valuable because we wanna make sure that the medication list that is in our EMR system matches that of what's the pharmacist seeing on their side too. It, it, it only, you know, the, the, the source of truth for the medication is always the, the drug cabinet at the patient's home, but we, we wanna make sure that every, the, the three of us are all kind of aligned as much as possible uh, in caring for the patients. And so, uh, you know, we, we use cancel, cancel RX messages all the time. I think our providers are thrilled when pharmacies are, are taking these messages up and so that we can improve the, the safety of prescribing our medications. 
You know, I think we take things for granted and uh, I don't because I saw the way it was before e-prescribing, which really started to be interconnected by SureScripts back in 1999. Then in 2003, uh, the ERX really started to take off with the Medicare Modernization Act. Electronic prescribing, it became legal in 2007. When I think of the evolution of e-prescribing and where it is today, it's, it's a lot more complex, but it's all happening behind the scenes where pharmacists, physicians don't even realize you know, what's taking place and, and the investment that, that have been made. Larry, I want to know from your perspective, how do pharmacies benefit from these messages types and, and, and what stands in the way? Yeah, so a couple of things I think, Todd, and, and the first is just how successful this transaction is when it works. And, and I'll give Johns Hopkins full credit on this with a study they did recently. Um, Cancel Rx, when it's not electronic, only about 34% of prescriptions discontinued in the clinical setting were actually canceled in the pharmacy. When they were able to go electronic and when that went live, we saw really, really drastic jumps in, in the percentage of success in the ballpark about 93%. And you start to think of just impact a patient. And you know, I, I think of my own personal experiences of what medication am I still on? You know, these things are very complex and often they're on an auto renewal program and whatever medication gets filled is just what they take. And so that gap from 34 to 93% is really something to be proud of and really excited about. Um, and that's more of the patient perspective. I think for the pharmacy perspective, with, with the long history of e-prescribing and then really where these tools have become successful, you almost don't notice it's happening. And so part of where we, we play a really big role in the space is education and, and getting people to understand what's happening with their systems. Often these transactions are a click of a button and they just happen or it, you know, in the best case scenario on the pharmacy side, it's automated in the back end and you don't ever actually have to cancel it. It just goes away off the patient's record. And so being out there on the forefront and having conversations like today to really talk about what services and what message types are out there that provide a better clinical experience. And, you know, end of the day, we all are focused on patient safety, but, but truly do make a safer ecosystem for prescribing is, is hugely important. Yeah, I would second that. I mean, we get you know, when we're seeing patients in follow-up and as Larry pointed out in earlier cases, if I see a diabetic patient and they recently had an atherosclerotic event and I've got to intensify their statin therapy, what I hate to see is the old simvastatin coming across. And I'm like, well, that's not even appropriate for this patient. We, we changed this months ago after they put the stent in and they're on resuvastatin and they're at 40. And so, but seeing that message come back, like, you know, these auto refills coming back because no one bothered to take the old one off is really harmful to the patient because they could be, in some cases, we've, we, before this, we've had patients taking both statins, mm -hmm. you know, and so that needs to go away and it shouldn't exist any longer. I think of what you just said, um, both of you um, around safety and the importance of that. And that's the, the right hand of the physician is that pharmacist ensuring that um, the orders placed are uh, double checked, triple checked, ensure that the safety is there. Larry, what does SureScripts do specifically for listeners who, who may not even realize what, as we said, it's all happening behind the scenes um, to help ensure patient safety? Yeah, as I think of SureScripts, a couple of words that come to mind, and, and one is experience. So organization has been around for over 20 years doing this. So making sure that prescriptions go from a provider to the pharmacist seamlessly and quickly. 
But I also think about performance driven. And so a couple of key tenets of the organization is really making sure that we continue to improve workflow efficiency. We continue to improve the opportunity for safe patient interactions. Um, as an organization that's connected with 99% of our chain pharmacies and 97% of all of our independent pharmacies, we see an enormous volume um, of transactions on the network every year and, and making sure that those are all individually thought of as patient records and individually thought of as prescriptions for a patient that, you know, how would you want your parents' prescriptions handled really is the core of, of how we look at our organization. So I want to kind of unpack what you, what you just said around um, the products around cancel RX and, and RX transfer. So what are some of the successes being seen from the use of, of these platforms um, in, in the real world? So I, you'll probably hear a theme for me today, you know, that everything kind of falls into two buckets. And the first is workflow efficiency. And so this is just the ability for the pharmacist and their technicians and their staff to, to do their job efficiently and to do it without interruption. Um, as you think about behind the pharmacy, there's, there's a ton of interaction and interruptions, no matter what phone calls are ringing and fax machine and patients walking to the counter. So we understand that our role there is to find every possible point of interruption there and see what we can do to minimize it. Um, and so that's the workflow efficiency side of the world. You know, you'll continue no matter what to hear me talk patient safety, but the, these are real moments. You know, you think about that moment that matters for a patient where they're stressed and they're trying to make a decision. They're trying to figure out which medications do I have to pick up today and which one do I have at home? And any time that you have to introduce complexity there or make a judgment point that's not necessary, just leads to huge risk. So I, you know, I think of these transactions absolutely in, in those two veins and making sure that we're doing what's right for the patient at all times. Dr. Lee, what about you? What are what are some of the successes that you could kind of give an example for um, with regards to the evolution of e-prescribing and and what SureScripts has has built the the pure foundation of all of this? Yeah, I mean, it's a workflow issue for us as well. I mean, one of the most complex workflows we have to do in rooming a patient uh, either at the hospital in the ED or at in our ambulatory clinics is med reconciliation. Mm -hmm. And we get a ton of reconciliation that data that comes across not only from SureScripts, but also comes across from Epic, which is our, our software vendor. And the less noise there is there, the better, and, and the there's less time that we have to do to kind of weed that out. It is challenging when there's bad data. We know this and, it, and, and bad data kind of pings around and it travels from server to server until somebody figures it out and says, no, that's not right. And so by having these messages in place and being able to remove medications that are no longer being used really cleans up the, the medical record from our side of it, the medication record from the pharmacy side of it, and it saves everybody a bunch of times. And you're also not getting needless medication cross-warning alerts because of a medication that they're not taking. I mean, who has time to deal with that? And so the, these kind of efficiencies are, are super important. And also it enhances patient safety. So who's not in favor of that? Yeah. Todd, to put a little finer point where Dr. Lee is here, medication history in 2021, SureScripts delivered approximately 23 billion unique medication history records. And when you start to think of that in, in a provider workflow and, and how much data that becomes, it's critical to get it right. And when you start to add in multiple data sources, you know, 
things like duplicates and how do we handle it to be streamlined. This is an area where there's there's so much work behind the scenes to make sure that that, that file that the provider gets is accurate and correct. We hope you're enjoying this edition of the Unscripted Podcast. Be sure to visit shorescripts.com and check out their Intelligence in Action blog, which offers smart dialogue about ways to enable better healthcare decisions. The blog has a whole section dedicated to remapping the specialty medication journey. And don't miss the other unscripted podcast episodes about specialty medications, which we've linked in the show notes. Shorescripts, the nation's most trusted and capable healthcare information network. Thanks to all the frontline pharmacists and pharmacy technicians for your work in healthcare throughout the nation. We salute you. Something else that I learned with um, with the, the podcast in general, and that's always referring to our expert for um, for the legacy, for the historical factors that build to a better uh, environment for our physician and pharmacist teams. And what was really interesting is a 2021 SureScript survey found that only 21% of pharmacists say that they always have enough patient information to provide proper medication therapy and follow-up. And when pharmacists need to reach out to the prescriber to learn more, or even vice versa, um, a majority of the communication still happens by phone. The fax, for goodness, I mean, goodness gracious, we're still using fax. But what I think of when, when I think of that back and forth assurance is more relevant information that actually is probably in the electronic health record already, but the pharmacist doesn't have access to it. So when I think of the future and I think of what could be adjusted, because nothing's ever going to be perfect, but we can always refine and improve uh, for those physician pharmacist teams. Um, I think, Dr. Lee, what are your what are your dreams? What are your um, views of the future realistically and ideal, idealistically? You know, what what could the future look like uh, for this? Oh, Larry's this couple laughing because we've had this discussion. <laughs> so, you know, you know, the NCPB PDP had a good start with the adoption of some of these messages. And, and I'm already thinking of what's the next version of these messages. And I would say the number one thing that we can't do. Uh, that I'd love to be able to do is to adjust SIGs and not dispense the medication, right? So what's the number one thing that a patient will come in for? They'll some tolerate, not most of them will tolerate it, but every once in a while, 20, 30% will not tolerate whatever they're doing. And what do we say? Cut it in half, right? So they don't need another source of medication, but if they're on one of those auto refill things, they're, the pharmacy is going to dispense another 90 days worth at the old strength, at the old direction, not the new one. And, and, and I, I've always wanted to be able to kind of transmit some of these messages back to the pharmacy. They say, oh, you saw Dr. Lee, he cut your metformin dose because you were having diarrhea, right? So I'll even send that to the pharmacy patients having loose stools, cut metformin dose in half. But I don't, so what I'd love to be able to do is the pharmacists send it back to them and they say automatically, oh, you're not going to need this now for 180 days because you you got the 90, that's fine, but you're cutting them in half and those kind of things uh, are where I'd love to be able to go somewhere in the future. Uh, I'd also love to have some available standardization of reading those notes to the pharmacy. It is unclear to us on the healthcare side what the retail pharmacy is doing with those notes to the pharmacist. And if there was some national standard or some agreeable standard from our side to their side, that could also be a viable medium where we're conveying messages back and forth from the doctor's office to the pharmacist side 
of what's going on with the patient and why we're making the changes that we're doing. I know on our side at Hopkins, our providers send all kinds of messages through the notes to the pharmacy. And they're asking me as CMIO, do the pharmacists read that? And I honestly don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. And I would love to have some kind of accepted standard for those notes to the pharmacy so that, or, or some read receipt so that we know that that was read and seen and understood. Uh, and, 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 and that's kind of also, you know, some of, you know, what I'd love to see in the future. You know, on, on another type of message that we get back from the pharmacy quite a bit, and I appreciate quite a bit, are the change RX messages that we get back from the pharmacy too. That's a wonderful standard. A lot of times it's like a topical steroid or something. And I picked something that was non-formal. That wasn't my intent. I just needed something that was kind of medium intensity st steroid or something. The pharmacist come back and says, we don't have that in stock, but we have this. And they send a change RX message. I love that. It saves me time. I'm like, that's a absolutely appropriate. I approve it. I can send that prescription back while the patient's waiting at the pharmacy desk and the pharmacist can fill that prescription and not have the patient kind of go back and forth. It's these types of messages that like pull us together. And so that we're kind of sending more of these messages back and forth. That's where I'd like to see more of this kind of go in the future. Todd, I think a theme you're hearing, Danny, that we are certainly very focused on and need to do more and want to do more is how do we get closer to a what I would call real-time two-way communication channel? And so a lot of the messages that we've developed through NCPDP, they, they have some communication back, but they're largely one-way messages. Cancel tells pharmacy stop medication. Our exchange is telling the, telling the provider I need to make a change. And really, where we're seeing more and more, and there's, there's there's progress across a lot of our fronts, and this is how do you have that more dynamic messaging where where there is that piece, and and, and there's room to grow here, and, and I think an area where we will continue to partner and, and look to leaders like Johns Hopkins to really tell us how do we get better in that space. Well, I, I mean, well, I'd love it if if there was a, another message standard. If we had to send any prescription, and the pharmacist wanted something like the latest kidney values or the latest liver function test that we could, we have that, we could transmit that to the farm. So they have it too. It's not like that we're trying to hide anything. It's just more of that level of trans transparency between the two sides is just not available, but having that so that the pharmacists are able to also follow, you know, real time kidney function tests as we're ordering them because we're the ones who order them and then share them across the care team is something that we'd love to be able to do in the future as well. So before Cancer Rx, there was only about 34% of the prescriptions that were discontinued in the clinical setting um, were also uh, canceled in the pharmacy. Um, after the implementation of, of Cancel Rx went live, the proportion of the successful discontinuations, it jumped drastically. It was 93%. There was a study done. It was titled A Health IT Tool to Decrease Medication Disp Discrepancies in the Outpatient Setting. Um, and it it just opens my mind to other things that could come um, from the assurance that the data that the physician is inputting to the EHR is being communicated to the pharmacist and then vice versa, where the pharmacist may make a follow-up uh, determination based on allergies or based on um, interaction with the patient even, um, and, and being able to, to push that data back to um back to the physician um it kind of makes me think larry of of that back and forth ability um through um through the systems to assure that changes on the fly could be requested 
um, based on what the what the pharmacist is seeing in their patients. And and I'm wondering, do you have other ideas or other um, metrics that we can share with our listeners about um, things that they may not realize uh, that's available to them uh, through these technologies? I do absolutely. So there's there's a service out there called clinical direct messaging that we offer, and and really what this is is it's the ability for the pharmacy and really for any healthcare provider to communicate back and forth. And this transaction became very, very popular with the COVID pandemic. And so the notification of vaccine administration, and you think about that to a primary care provider, you think about that to a public health jurisdiction, um, you know, just really powerful messaging. And, and we saw about 23,000 of the farms in America get on board with this transaction. Um, and and this, this led to reporting of, over 17 million COVID cases. We saw in over 66 public health jurisdictions. So really, really deep spread communication on the COVID transaction. And, and this excites me for several reasons. You know, the first is that it met the need during a pandemic and, and that's critical. But I think what it also is doing is proving out the ability of pharmacy to be an active member of that care team. And so we, we've often lacked that communication gap. And so it wasn't that the pharmacist didn't have the data at their fingertips or didn't have a valuable piece to provide back to a provider, but they didn't always have that vehicle to make it happen. And so now as we continue to explore these and continue to get deeper and involved in workflows on, on both sides of the provider network, there's, there's a real opportunity. And as you think about expanded scope of practice and, and some of the roles the pharmacists are starting to doing with testing to treat and prescribing, this is going to become increasingly critical that that communication is one efficient and two is just incredibly accurate. The immunization activity during the pandemic was so huge for us because we were also setting up mass vaccination sites. And in order for us to do outreach and making sure people were getting the right people were getting vaccinated at a time early in 21 when vaccinations were vaccines were scarce, having that information of which pharmacist was giving out those shots to which patients and then for the ability for us to kind of record them and import them in and then not hit them with the same message because they've already gotten the vaccine was, was a big help to us. I know that the pandemic has taught us all um, the improvement of workflow processes and communications because of, of how it, it brought new challenges to our healthcare system. And in some cases, it brought some of our, our healthcare uh, treatment abilities to a crawl and to a standstill based on the the overload that that many of our uh, communities were facing, and and I think of how technology is going to continue to pull some of those barriers to care out of the way, um, and I think of you know the the numbers that stare me in the face is six hundred and twenty thousand, so that's more than half of all prescribers in in the in, in the country. Um, used uh, SureScripts. That's uh, 620,000, almost almost a million um, real-time prescription benefit um, abilities, um, which was an increase because I can see the, the, the time of the pandemic. That's an increase of almost 8% um, since uh, December 2021. And, and now I don't think that's going to stop. I think now that we've stretched um, our healthcare systems, um, I think now we're going to fill it in with processes, workflow, technology that's already been proven, and and it's it's SureScripts has has definitely proven this. Um, let's talk about specialty medications and the specialty medications gateway transactions, um, which have more than tripled in, since 2021. 
SureScripts is a, a champion of of the, the the specialty pharmacy market where the complexities are even higher uh, with medication uh, management and adherence for for that sake to assure that that patient on that very serious medication because of that uh, condition or disease state. Larry, can you kind of talk to us about um, some of the involvement that SureScripts has in the specialty pharmacy space specifically? Yeah, and the answer here really is everything you've heard us talk about up until this point only exponentially increases. And so we talk about need for data. Um, many of these medications, due to cost and complexity and side effects, they require the pharmacy to have a heck of a lot more information that they never needed to have before. Lab values, past treatment histories, where the patient has succeeded, where they failed, you know, all of the things that have gone into the decision-making process of the provider, the pharmacist is now absolutely being asked to confirm and, and, and submit that to with, with, the, with the claim. And the data becomes, frankly, very arduous to collect and make sure you have the right information and this is an area where SureScripts continues to excel and grow and, and really hopefully become that trusted partner for our specialty pharmacies and providers is that we're, we're able to, in real time, actually develop and send over that, that patient data. Patient wave you know, is another one that comes to mind. And you know, how do you use that example of implementing automated enhancements with a specialty gateway to obtain current patient weight you know, in a weight-based dosing or you know, any of these examples where that data is... 100% required in order to get an approved claim. And, you know, how do we make sure we present that data to the pharmacist in their workflow and in a moment where they need it in order to complete dispensing? Danny, what about um, other suggestions? You have the ears of hundreds, if not thousands of pharmacists right now. And as a physician at John Hopkins, what other um, advice, what other um, kind of lobbying uh, the, the ball up for the spike that the, the pharmacist can make on it, on that treatment um, that you can give to our listeners today? Uh, advocate for your patients. I mean, I think um, one of the things that uh, we like at Johns Hopkins, uh, quite honestly, is I like a very involved pharmacist. I like a pharmacist who is, I don't look at it as questioning. I don't mind that at all. But if, uh, if, if it goes beyond what we're able to communicate electronically from a pharmacist to pick up a phone and talk to me and try to understand why I'm doing what I'm doing, that is not that is never time wasted for me, you know, uh, because we're all just involved in the care of our patients and making sure what's best for them. So when I run into a pharmacist who does that, I actually compliment the pharmacist to the patient. I said, you have a pharmacist who's looking out for you uh, just as much as I'm trying to look out for you. Uh, so it's it's complicated, right? I mean, we're all so busy. We've all got a ton of things. I've got pressure from patients. The pharmacist has pressure from the patients. We're kind of, you know, all overscheduled and, and don't have enough hours in the day. And so it's easy to get overwhelmed. But at the bottom of the day, uh, if you're doing what's best for the patient, uh, you're never wrong. Awesome. I love that. Larry, in closing, what do you, uh, you want to say to our pharmacists that are listening in right now? with regards to, to working uh, more efficiently, uh, leveraging technology so that they can do more hands-on patient care and then also teaming up with physicians? Yeah, I think I, I, at first, like the echo kind of what I've heard is that it's a partnership. And, and so I, I would 
feel very confident saying every pharmacist out there believes that, that when there is that agreed upon relationship between provider and pharmacist, it becomes more efficient. It comes faster time to treatment. Um, but what I would say is that pharmacists have also, for better or worse, gotten used to a lot of issues in prescribing, and it just becomes part of the role. And, and what I hope coming out of this conversation is that there is an enormous amount of work in the background to eliminate that. And so really thinking about how do we deliver that highest quality prescription that can be automated and, and go through workflow immediately and hopefully doesn't even have to have a pharmacist eyes until the very end on it. And so um, hopefully they see us as that partnership also to continue to drive those, those prescriptions into their workflows that are going to meet their needs and really keep them allowing them to work at the top of the practice. And, and I know we hear top of the license an awful lot, but it really is a ethos that we believe in and, and an area we're driving to continue to make sure that they are more efficient in the process to get there. I want to thank both of you. This has been very special having a pharmacist and physician um, on our shows. Uh, this is what I've always dreamed of collaboration, collaboration, not only um, with technology in place, but the two of you echo the same sent sentiment, and that is the patient comes first. And how do we work better together? How do we partner better together um, to make sure that that patient um, knows that they're being looked out and looked out for and being cared for? And how um, how SureScripts is the the conduit and the technology that many of us don't even realize that's there. It's just it's just it's happening um, behind the scenes. And I think it's amazing, but I appreciate it because I remember when it wasn't there and now I'm seeing that the efficiencies that are being created are, are accelerating, um, better patient care. So thank you so much. Um, Dr. Danny Lee. Um, thank you. A shout out to John Hopkins for all of your work in patient care and, uh, Dr. Larry King, thank you so much for being the, the, the pharmacist star of the show today. And, and I want to give a shout out to our SureScripts team uh, for, for putting this together. Well, thank you. And, and, and actually, Todd, just one last thing. I mean, Larry and I have talked about this when we're putting together presentations for hymns and other venues. It is hard to find a conference or a venue where those parties are involved, the pharmacist, the doctor, the nurses, you know, the care teams and stuff. And we, we put our heads together. I mean, there's medical conferences, there are technology conferences, but it's hard to find a place where those separate entities kind of meet up together and, and talk openly about the issues that we're all facing. And, and that's something I would, I would love to see in the future as well. Thank you. Yeah. Larry, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. This has been a fun conversation. And, you know, it's one of those amazing places to be where you, when you find a partner that is highly engaged, it's amazing the work you can deliver and, and how quickly you can come to an answer where, you know, things that seemed unsolvable or things that seemed like they were beyond reach suddenly become a reality. Agreed. Listeners, uh, pharmacists out there, pharmacy technicians out there, you are our heroes. If there's anything we can ever do for you, if there's anything that you are ever wondering about in the realm of technology, um, please reach out to us. Please reach out to the SureScripts team. You've been listening to the Unscripted Podcast with SureScripts, uh, part of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. We're so proud to have them, and we can't wait to see you um, at, a, at an upcoming conference. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Unscripted, a podcast series from SureScripts. For more information about how SureScripts can help your organization, please visit us at surescripts.com.